O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. The Lord made to him a covenant of peace, and made him a prince, that the dignity of priesthood should be to him forever. Lord, remember David and all his afflictions. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Lord made to him a covenant of peace, and made him a prince, that the dignity of priesthood should be to him forever. The Epistle for the Feast of St. Nicholas is written in the thirteenth chapter of Hebrews, beginning at the seventh verse. Brothers, remember your leaders, men who spoke to you the word of God, and, considering the results of their conduct, imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't be carried away by various and strange teachings, for it is good that the heart be established by grace, not by food, through which those who were so occupied were not benefited. We have an altar from which those who serve the holy tabernacle have no right to eat, for the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy place by the high priest as an offering for sin, are burned outside of the camp. Therefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people through his own blood, suffered outside of the gate. Let's therefore go out to him outside of the camp, bearing his reproach. For we don't have here an enduring city, but we seek that which is to come. Through him, then, let's offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, continually, that is, the fruit of lips which proclaim allegiance to his name. But don't forget to be doing good and sharing, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they watch on behalf of your souls, as those who will give an account. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. I have found David my servant. With my holy oil have I anointed him, with whom my hand shall be established. Mine arm also shall strengthen him. The sun shall not exact upon him, nor the son of wickedness afflict him. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Luke, the fourteenth chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus said, If anyone comes to me and doesn't disregard his own father, mother, wife, children, brothers, and sister, yes, and his own life also, he can't be my disciple. Whoever doesn't bear his own cross and come after me can't be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, doesn't first sit down and count the cost to see if he has enough to complete it? Or perhaps, when he has laid a foundation 
and is not able to finish, everyone who sees begins to mock him, saying, This man began to build and wasn't able to finish. Or what king, as he goes to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and consider whether he is able with ten thousand to meet him who comes against him with twenty thousand? Or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends an envoy and asks for conditions of peace. So, therefore, whoever of you doesn't renounce all that he has, he can't be my disciple. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. And this is his name whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. In his days shall Judah be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. And this is his name whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. T'was a night seventeen hundred years ago, when through a certain house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse, three daughters were nestled snug in their beds, while their father was restless, tossing and turning, with worry in his head. It's not the poem you're used to, because the man you're used to hearing about is not who you will hear about tonight. But it begins with a story about this father. He had been a wealthy Greek man and a Christian in a city called Myra. It was a port town in modern-day Turkey. But according to church historians, this man suddenly lost all of his business and all of his money due to, as one put it, the plotting and envy of Satan. He had nothing. And he was worried for his three daughters because without money, he couldn't pay for their dowries, which meant he couldn't marry them off. And poor young women who couldn't be married in those days had one of two futures ahead of them, slavery or prostitution. And as his daughters were soon to come of age, he found no way out of their plight. He couldn't get the money. And so indeed he probably prayed. And his prayers, however, his prayers to God would soon be answered on this very night in a way he couldn't imagine. Because in the middle of this night, as all in the house were fast asleep, there came flying in through an open window a small heavy bag. Now according to legend, the father woke up the next morning and found this small bag in his oldest daughter's shoe. And he picked it up and he looked inside. And what he found were several gold coins worth enough to pay off his oldest daughter's dowry. And so after the shock wore off, he didn't waste any time. 
he went out right away and arranged his oldest daughter's marriage. And no doubt he slept a bit easier that night, but still worried for his other two daughters, what he would do. However, there came the second night. And again, as all slept soundly, a second small heavy bag flew in through the window. And again, the father found the bag, but this time in his second daughter's shoe. Again, he found in it several gold coins, enough for a dowry, and he did for the second daughter like he did for the first. He wasted no time. However, the father didn't know how any of this had happened, but he knew what was coming. So the third night he stayed awake, laid into the night near that very same window, and he waited. And sure enough, in through the window flew a third small bag full of coins that fell into his youngest daughter's shoe. And immediately, as soon as that bag flew into the house, the father ran out and confronted who was ever delivering these treasures. And there, through the dark of night, as he looked at the figure before him, he recognized who it was. It was his bishop, Nicholas of Myra. The bishop himself had heard what had happened to the family, and he worried about the three daughters and the future they were facing. So he took the money from the, treasures, from the church's treasury and made sure that they would avoid any wicked future. Now, why he did this in the middle of the night, we don't know. Perhaps he was that modest, or maybe he just wanted to save the father embarrassment from being helped with so much charity. But either way, the father threw himself down at the bishop's feet and thanked him through sobs and tears. And the only thing St. Nicholas told him was, don't say a thing. Don't tell anybody. And that's the St. Nicholas that our church celebrates today. In our Hebrews passage, it says that our Lord, so that our Lord might sanctify the people with his own blood, he suffered. Therefore, let us go forth to him, bearing his reproach, that is, let us bear his shame. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But, the writer to the Hebrews says, do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. That was the most famous story of St. Nicholas. Now, what we know about his life outside the story is probably just a bunch of sketches, but even those sketches paint a picture of who he was. Nicholas was born to a wealthy Greek Christian family in what is today Turkey. His uncle was a bishop of that city that you heard about, that city of Myra. And it was this uncle that noticed in Nicholas, his, ne- his nephew, his great devotion to God, his piety of how he lived his life, and his tender- tenderness of heart towards others. At some point, Nicholas's parents died. We don't know when. It might have been early. His uncle may have very well adopted him. 
But whatever happened, his uncle was such a huge influence on his life that he guided Nicholas to become ordained a pastor. And soon after, Nicholas distributed all his family's wealth to the poor, and then he himself took a pilgrimage over to the Holy Land. And that's where another story comes in. It says that after they took off to see that the ship Nicholas was in ran into a terrible storm that nearly destroyed the boat. The sailors on that boat reported that as they were trying to figure out what to do, they saw Nicholas get down on his knees in prayer, and as soon as he was finished, the storm immediately became calm. The storm went away. The sea was quiet, which showed the sailors that his prayer to God the Father, through Christ our Lord, was heard. Nicholas spent some time in the Holy Land, apparently lived near Bethlehem, and where he lived for that short period of time now stands a church in his name. But after some time, he went home. And as he went home, time had passed. His uncle had passed. Another bishop in Mira took his place. That bishop had just passed when Nicholas got back. And in those days, they didn't Churches, the church body didn't cho choose who the bishop was. Instead, the pastors in that area would choose their bishop however way they wanted. So the pastors of Mira got together and they decided that the next day, early in the morning, they would go to the gates of the city and the first pastor to pass through the gates of the city, they would make him the bishop. It just so happens as Nicholas got back to Mira, or as he got back to Turkey, Nicholas came to Mira to pray at the church there. And as he went to pray, the next thing he knew, he was a bishop. In his time as bishop, there's a few stories of him that we know. We know the story about the three daughters. During his time as bishop, Christianity was still illegal in Rome. And so at one point, he was arrested, he was tortured, and persecuted in prison. And eventually, as Constantine rose to power as Christianity became legal he was finally set free throughout this time also the church faced some terrible heresies and it said that Nicholas was an attendee at the council of Nicaea that defended the faith the faith and teaching about the trinity about Jesus who was God and man Nicholas probably wasn't a major player at this council but he was there and from that, we, from that council, we get to the Nicene Creed. But even though he wasn't a major prayer, player, Nicholas was still known to be a staunch defender of the Trinity and of the teachings of Jesus that we hold today. So without Nicholas and those fathers, we probably wouldn't be Christian. Again, there are many other legends and stories surrounding the life of Nicholas, many that popped up through history that probably aren't true. The ones you heard probably are. But what we see in Nicholas is a life which embodies those words from the Hebrews that we just read. Nicholas was a man who was sanctified by the blood of his Lord in holy baptism. He bore the reproach of his Lord in terrible persecution. But no matter what he faced, persecution or storms or terrible plights, 
Still, he would offer sacrifices of praise to God with his lips. And he never forgot to do good. Whether it was helping young children in distress, praying for men in the face of death, or defending the faith for his flock, he was eager to do what was good. Our Lord says in our gospel this evening, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. And we have here in this saint an an example of a man who gave up his family's wealth and devoted his life to his church. The words from Hebrews, he seems to have followed those so well. And in Hebrews it says, Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, that is, follow their faith of those who came before you. Follow their faith and consider the outcome of their conduct. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be carried about with various and strange doctrines, for it is good that the heart be established by grace. And then later, obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who give an account. This is why we celebrate St. Nicholas Day every December 6th. This is why we celebrate a man who lived 1,700 years ago. It's not because he was perfect. It's not because he, in some way, earned his own holiness or righteousness. It's not that he justified himself or had some sort of super faith he created in himself. He was a sinner like you or I. Instead, we remember this man because he is sanctified in the blood of Christ as we are as well. We remember him because he had created in him the same faith that was created in us. Because the Christ which died and saved him, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, is our Christ as well. He is a church father who taught the word, who defended the faith in ways that benefit us even now, who spoke the word of God in a dark pagan world. If you notice, we live in an increasingly dark and paganized world, becoming similar to what he lived in as well. And so we ought, as the writer of Hebrews says, consider the lives of our church fathers. Consider how they lived. And find in their lives what to imitate in their faith. In St. Nicholas is a life which comes from total faith and dependence in the cross. We see in his life a way that leads to the cross. He depended totally on Christ crucified. Whether it's his piety, his devotion, his love for children, his love for, other, for fellow men. All of that comes from Christ having loved him first. The example given to us by Nicholas in our Lord, given to us by Nicholas in the church, is this. In the faith and by the Spirit, we can joyfully praise God even in persecution. We know it can be done. The Spirit did it through Nicholas. In the faith and by the Spirit, we can and ought to use what the Lord has given us to help the poor around us, to invite the poor in here with us. In the faith and by the Spirit, 
we can sacrifice what we have for others. We can do it as individuals. We can do it as the church. We can raise our children in the faith and lead them to live holy lives in marriage. We've seen how Nicholas did it. It is possible. In time of trouble, we can pray for our fellow men, knowing full well and confidently that Christ, that in Christ, our Father in heaven will hear us and answer us by his good and gracious will. We have an example in church history that shows us what we can do as the church in the Spirit. And we can do it with eagerness and with passion and zealously. And that is why for 1,700 years, countries across Europe hold up Nicholas's example. Every December 6th, in some of those countries, including Germany, they'll have a man dress up in full bishop's clothing and hand out presents to children. Or there are some celebrations, like we do in my home, where parents will have their children put out their shoes at night, and in the morning, the children will find the shoes filled by St. Nicholas, so to speak, with a small bag of chocolate coins and other little goodies. It's fun, but the lesson in it is to live a life of charity and love that the saints set an example for us. But we don't need to wait for a big December celebration to show that kind of charity and love. Instead, may we be eager to show this love and charity and devotion to others in any private little moments we may have in our lives or as our church may find along her way. And in that way, may we build up the body of Christ and welcome the stranger of the faith into the body of our Lord. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Alleluia. to the Son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Alleluia. O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I said, O Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. Return, O Lord, how long? And let it repent thee concerning thy servants. 
Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us, according as we hope in thee. Let thy priests be clothed with righteousness, and let thy saints shout for joy. O Lord, save our rulers. Let the king hear us when we call. Save thy people and bless thine inheritance. Feed them also and lift them up forever. Remember thy congregation, which thou hast purchased of old. Peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. Let us pray for our absent brethren. O thou, our God, save thy servants that trust in thee. Let us pray for the brokenhearted and the captives. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Send him help from the sanctuary, and strengthen them out of Zion. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they watch for the morning, I say, more than they that watch for the morning. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Let Israel hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption, and he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Turn us again, O God of hosts. Cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Arise, O Christ, for our help, and redeem us for thy mercy's sake. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Grant, we beseech you, O Almighty God, that the solemn feast of blessed Nicholas, your confessor and bishop, may both increase our devotion and further our salvation through the reception of your grace. Arise, O Lord, we pray you, and delay not to bestow upon us the succor of your heavenly might, that they which put their trust and confidence in your mercy may be succored by the comfort of your coming. Stir up, we beseech you, your power, O Lord, and come, that by your protection we may be rescued from the threatening perils of our sins and saved by your mighty deliverance, who lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Give peace in our days, O Lord, because there is none other that fighteth for us except thou, our God. O Lord, let there be peace in thy strength and abundance in thy towers. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness. 
through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast so graciously protected us this day, and we beseech thee to forgive us all our sins and the wrong which we have done, and by thy great mercy defend us from all the perils and dangers of this night. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Thank you.